0: You're listening to Giraffe Kings Network.
1: Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year to tradition, I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts, ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan.
2: Trademarks owned by Beckley, S.A.B. The C.V. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
3: Happy Greg Cody Tuesday. We finally, after many years, have Stugatz paying a punishment. That punishment is sensual in nature. Uh, He has a towel he is whipping. He is Larry Bird. Mike Ryan, uh, you remember this Larry Bird footage from a million years ago of him on the sidelines uh, in his short shorts. Uh, Stugatz is uh, rocking the short shorts looks sexy as hell. Thank you, Stugatz, for finally paying a penalty. Please put the towel away. You're gonna knock over uh, my coffee. It's Larry.
4: I, uh, I hate to do this, but as you know, I rule with an iron fist and Those are home whites. Larry did that in a white uniform, yeah. so this doesn't
3: count. Are you winded from whipping that towel, Stugatz? You sound a bit winded. Uh, Larry Bird didn't look great in that uni- uniform. You look worse.
0: Ah uh, yes, I am winded. Okay. The, Just trying to get my headsets in, Dana.
5: Yeah, uh, the wig is wonderful. I think yeah. it was the hip thrust, a couple of those hip thrusts. He was yeah. a little tired.
3: Uh, it was a little bit too much pelvic movement for my comfort, uh, close to my ears and stuff. Uh, I believe though that I can now and I'm it I am it hurts me to say this. I think I can call it. The Celtics have finished the heat. That that whole thing is over now. I don't think the Heat are going to rebound. You really sound winded.
0: I am winded. Uh, Mike finished the Heat, not the uh, not the Celtics.
3: Well, uh, I think I have this right. Is this stat correct? Since Udonis Haslam disrespected Bill Russell, since Spo signed an enormous contract, and since Mike Ryan said the Heat are good, they have not won a single game. And furthermore have gotten slaughtered in all of them. It's not like they're losing close games. They're losing at home to Memphis. They're never in that game against Phoenix. And I don't know how to explain how Bam looked last night. Uh, since they traded for Terry Rozier, they haven't won a, a game either. They look truly terrible. This is the longest losing streak of Eric Spoelstra's career, immediately after signing an eight-year, $120 million contract. Yeah.
1: Seven games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, They haven't lost six in a row um, since 2021. Obviously, they did go to the Eastern Conference Finals that year, but this has been a mess. Like Their offense looks totally disjointed. Um, It hasn't gotten better with Terry Rozier in there, despite the fact that he played okay last night, obviously. But... Their defense has really been the biggest issue. You see guys getting beat off the point of attack. Then they're scrambling to try to cover for the guys who typically are very good wing defenders. And they're leaving guys wide open for three. There was a stat Ron Rostein mentioned in the postgame show last night of paint touches for the other team versus the Miami Heat. When there's paint touches going for three-point attempts during this seven-game losing streak, the opposing team is shooting 59%, while the Heat are shooting just 37%. So they're struggling from three, they're struggling to move the ball, the guys aren't cutting the way that we're used to. It's been pretty dreadful over the last seven games. On
6: on the plus side, though, they did get under the luxury tax.
1: On the minus
4: side, though, (laughs) 21. (laughs) Minus 21 when Terry Rozier was on the court.
6: three (laughs) straight games of under 20. Nurgich looked pretty good you know, for a throw-in in in the deal that Miami didn't want.
3: I don't know what you do with the fact that they have stunk when their three guys are out there. They have been really bad. Uh, Tyler Hero is explaining after the game that he's going to change his game to be catch-and-shoot guy, and that's not ideal. But they haven't been very good when he's not just catch-and-shoot guy. It's going to take a minute to... Adapt to Terry Rozier, but I did not have them losing at Memphis and then just getting dragged by everybody. The Heat were a favorite in last night's game because Phoenix lost at Orlando the night before. Back-to-backs, teams come in here tired. Phoenix didn't look very tired
0: last night. Uh, Phoenix is a, I'm wondering if Phoenix is a team that we have to keep an eye on this, because... This sounds very sharp.
3: This sounds, what do you mean? I don't know whether it's your voice or whether it's your mic. Is I cleared
0: out. it out, but I'm just, I'm telling you that Phoenix might be a team that we should keep an eye on, Dan. They've been playing very well. You just sound
6: very loud. You sound oh. unusually loud. It's a bold, it's yeah. a bold uh, stance by God. so keep an eye right on the, the team game. with uh, Kevin yeah. Durant and Bradley Beal. yeah and, uh, well, I'm Devin just, Booker. And Devin Booker. I'm just saying
0: they've won eight of ten. They're the sixth seed right now in the Western Conference and I'm wondering if the Phoenix Suns are a team that can win an NBA championship in fact I'm gonna say it I said yesterday that the Clippers are a team that are going to win the NBA championship but if they don't, the Phoenix Suns will. Are you How just learning? That? Are you just learning about the Suns? <laughs> well, they're just getting it's healthy amazing. right now. Right? I, uh, they're just like getting the healthy. Team, they got off to a shaky start. I particularly don't Larry enjoy. Bird. I know what I'm talking. About.
6: I don't enjoy playing the Phoenix Suns because they, more than any other team, represent the Miami Heat's greatest failings over the last few years. Be it drafting Justice Winslow over Devin Booker, be it constantly missing out on Kevin Durant, being be it you choose not to pursue. Bradley Beal, be it that their new owner is constantly taking Mickey Arison's lunch money. It's just a constant reminder of this franchise's failings over the last few years. All
7: right, all you naysayers, let me remind you about something. The Heat is the hardest-working, best-conditioned, most professional, unselfish, <laughs> toughest, meanest, nastiest team in the NBA. Did you ever notice how Heat culture sounds a lot better when they're winning? Right now, heat culture reminds me of when the Dolphins not only sucked but were boring, and after every score, they would still play that song of, and we're talking Super Bowl because we're the... It seemed ridiculous then. You
3: should know and, the song better than that. Yeah, I could sing do. the whole
7: time. Please do.
3: Hold on, everybody the get t- out of the they, way.
4: Dan, at the time, it was boring so he was bored with the song. Everybody exactly. get Method out of actor. the way, right. just
3: so that you understand. Stu Gatz is saying, keep an eye on the Suns. Devin Booker, uh, before last night, was averaging 50 points a game in his last three games, uh, and isn't their best player. Uh, go ahead, uh, Greg Cody. Get us started with uh, sing the whole song more correctly. Honor it, respect the song, please.
7: Okay, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. Uh, you're asking a lot here. Um, you
3: just said you could sing the whole song. I
7: lied. Uh, let me think, though. Okay. Uh, we take the ball from goal to go like no one's ever seen. We're in the air. We're on the ground. We're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl. Because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, number one. Yes, we're the Miami. And the Heat should start playing that song at their games right now, in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. <laughs> The the disappointment to me is that the Heat, among all the other disappointments of this season, they have no respite at home. They're 12 and 11 at home. It's not and and you play a back to back game at home and you don't win. It there's nothing going right. It, it's just it's the low point of Spolster's, uh career. It's got to be.
3: Let's put up on the screen, please, uh, by way of greeting and hello for Greg Cody. What Angel Resto painted him as a caricature? He lost in the finals. <laughs> he did loss it, lose in the Twice. finals, but what he's saying but is this is the, the, this is the this is the worst yeah. stretch of his career. Yeah, right. Is what he's saying. Not this is the worst he's ever felt. They were
1: eleven and thirty in the first half of one season, and they had multiple six-game losing streaks in in that respect. Right. Obviously, this is seven and it's bad because the expectations are a lot higher, but low point of his career is... I am willing to say
3: that that loss at home to Memphis is the lowest that Eric Spolstra (laughs) has felt at any time in his life. Now, let's put up the picture here of... He uh, just went through it (laughs) to I I, I know this. I'm aware of this. Adding to the (laughs) lowness. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you. Making it even worse. That is correct. Uh, Here is the picture of Greg Cody, the rendering of Greg Cody. He looks particularly embalmed. He looks a bit angry. The eyebrows uh, look uh, just like wild shrubbery, and um, he, he looks 143 years old. Right
7: now, here's the thing about that caricature: that it, if I'm laying down in a casket, that's what I expect to look like. It's just it's it's me at age 85. It, it, my face is huge. My hair is really really gray. The eyebrows. My wife's gonna have me cremated, I'm sure. You know, I'm gonna burn it about eighteen hundred degrees in a tube, so I'll never be in a casket. But if I were, that would be the look.
3: Have you guys talked about this?
7: We have not. It's just an assumption. Hmm. You know, it's an assumption. I mean, why you know, would you it, assume why are that? you assuming yeah? <laughs> well so it's, a it's a family tradition. Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family tradition. You Five know, my we haven't earned coughing right in you know, the microphone. Gotta you gotta wanna earn? You guys sh- want to earn that's
4: right. You gotta you should request being burned at fourteen forty you know what, you I know mean? what? to yeah. honor would, your family it would, it would take
7: longer mm. it but would take a lot longer you'd appreciate it it'd more it'd be a I slow think. burn yeah. you all gotta feel... want to learn gotta <laughs> want to earn i do want to earn right and you want to burn exactly oh <laughs> yeah thank you live and
4: earn.
2: the dan lebitard show with Stugatz is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively Keeping things bottled up can feel like carrying a weight that gets heavier with time. Whether it's talking to a trusted friend, journaling, or seeking professional help, finding ways to let out your thoughts and feelings can bring relief and help you navigate challenges more effectively. Remember, it's okay to reach out for help when you need it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-L-B.
3: Don Libertard, Do you realize that for 30 minutes, now we might not have been doing good show, but we were doing show for about 30 minutes, and then you just decided to tell the story as if we were at the in the eating area.
6: Stugatz. So Many refer to it as a kitchen. Right. Eating area. A commissary. Who calls it an eating area?
7: Nobody. Nobody. Right. Like, an eating area. Yeah. What's the bedroom? The sleeping area? <laughs> the, let's hang on. I got to go to the urinating area. I'll be right back. <laughs> eating area.
0: <laughs> this is the Dan Levatore Show with the Stu
6: I feel like Angel <laughs> actually did you a service looking did at that, that side by side. It looks better. Yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah. the hair—the <laughs> hair, hair especially—much fuller look, and well, you mean, actually have more liver spots yeah, they, than Angel accounted for.
7: Well, I see one under my my right eye. There, there's a little. No,
3: but he's there saying there. you have, in actuality, more liver spots oh, on do. your yeah. actual
7: face yeah. than you do in the caricature. Right. I'm a living man, a liver man. <laughs> That's um, right. I see four of them right now. Let's count. Let's count the. There's a fifth. Okay. Yeah. There's one big one here, and then like a little slurry of them over there. Uh, That's why I've started wearing uh, makeup. I do my own makeup now. Hmm. You know, it's uh, it's sad, but you go through that. You know, you live and you learn, right? That kind of thing. But no, Angel. I love Angel Russo. He's super talented. Uh, He he's the one who did the Greg Cody show uh, podcast uh, logo, which I appreciated. Uh, although it, it cost me a bunch of money, it's not like he did it for free. But no, he's really good. He's really, really good, and uh, and I appreciate that character. I really do. <laughs> did you think it was worth the money, or like? No, it, I did. Once you saw it, you're like, oh. Well, it's like you know, maybe might have been a little north of what I would have guessed he would have charged. But mm. that's he's an artist. You know, you're paying for talent. You know, the, you're paying for an angel arresto. So um, worth every penny of it, truly. What are we paying for on Tuesdays? <laughs> a Greg
6: Cody. Are you also winded experience. From, from watching <laughs> from Greg? <talk>. <laughs> <laughs> from watching Stu Gatz do his
7: towel thing? I'm, I'm not winded at all. I mean, I've, I've been on, uh, I've, I've been talking a lot, mm-hmm. like the last right. minute and a half. I think Greg's about to get a second wind. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So you didn't try to haggle at all, huh? No. Yeah. I'm not a big haggler. Yeah. Marvin is. <laughs> but I'm not a big hanger. Leaving money on the table. Marvelous. Right? Exactly. No, I don't. Uh, I don't haggle. I, that's why I was bad at swap meets. You know, yeah. back in the swap meet era, like some guy's asking for 35 cents for uh, an old record. What am I going to try to talk him down to a quarter? It's more embarrassing for me to try to save a dime. But when Aunt Bonnie moved out of her house in Pembroke Pines. We had this massive yard sale. And... This is
3: not a flattering angle for Larry Bird. <laughs> the worst.
0: <laughs> Listen, retirement has not been good to me. I mean it just it hasn't. The hair though. <laughs> the, I mean, come the, on. I can't look at myself, the green, the I thank gr- you for pointing it out. I mean though. well but I mean, it's right there. Yeah. I
3: can't I can't it's, avoid it. Jesus. It's right on the screen. The green is not slimming. I'm wearing a large
0: okay <laughs> I've been saying for a year now they're not making XLs like they used to make them I now wear a double XL. This outfit, this costume is a large. Like this is this is dreadful, man,
7: but it's a punishment and I got to pay it off.
4: Historically accurate. Well, what uh, happened at Bonnie's garage sale though
7: yeah, that's we right. bon. yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a massive garage sale and I experienced firsthand people trying to talk you down from an already ridiculously low thing. Like she had uh three she was she's a hoarder aunt Bonnie and so at her garage sale she had like three or four uh, beer can chicken things—the little uh, wire with a beer can that you put in—you put it in the middle of a chicken cavity or a turkey cavity. So she's asking like a dollar for each of those, and people are trying to talk you down to fifty cents. I don't get it. It's $1. a dollar. Penny saves
4: a penny earned, Craig. It's—it's
7: it's, it's never been used. You know, if you go to Target, it probably costs you three ninety-nine or whatever a, a typical price is it always ends in ninety-nine or ninety-five, like gas. Ninety-nine point nine nine or something, but so we had to, you know, y- you go no, just round it's it up. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, char- charge me th- four dollars a gallon, not three ninety-five point ninety-nine. If you're at guy. ninety-nine, will you go a little extra and just try to round it off? Oh, that's a yeah. that's, that's a competition I play with myself. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: But then it goes over, and you're at five oh one, and then you know? I got to go to five oh
7: five. Yeah. I got to end well, on a zero right. or a five. Four dollars. Yeah. No, I, I never end on a ragged number. It's always a zero or a five. How are you with negotiating cars? Now, that I'll negotiate because you're talking about a real savings. You know, I once walked out of a Dodge dealer. Back, back in the days before we had kids, we're buying a Dodge Caravan. I knew you were a Dodge man. Well, we're buying a Dodge Caravan uh, because kids are coming. So we needed a, a, a minivan. And I, we had arranged the deal, but I was still in negotiating mode. So I'm like, you got a deal if you throw in the upgrade floor mats, okay? That would have cost the dealership maybe a total of 175 bucks or something to throw in those. If that. If that. He goes to see his manager, they wouldn't do it, okay? I was calling his bluff, then he called my bluff. <laughs> and much to my wife's dismay. Over floor mats? I got up. And I walked out of that dealership. And I've, boy. Never, I've never been back again. Yeah, I'm not going to name the dealership because I don't want to send uh, business over there. Isn't that a great <laughs> feeling? Even though you leave without something that you need in the car, just getting
4: up and walking out and saying this deal's not going to happen because of me. Now you then need to figure out a new car situation and go go through the whole rigmarole elsewhere. But yeah. when you get up and you have that power telling them, nope, and then they come chasing you down, you have to hold strong. You're right. not getting a car from that dealership. No. If they don't throw in those floor mats, you're not getting a car no. there. Exactly. Exactly. Put it yeah.
3: on the poll, please, Juju. Have you ever stormed out of a negotiation? Never.
6: Not at Williamson Cadillac. <laughs> Williamson is Miami. Tony, aren't you trying to buy a car
5: now? Dano, I, I'm the person that people call when they want to buy a car. So story. I love the car buying experience. Like There is something so satiating to me. you sit hate across hate. from that car salesman and be like, I'm not paying that. I want you to know that. This is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed that you would bring this to me and ask me to pay this. So your friends bring you in as a negotiator? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis is gonna buy a car soon, I'm gonna do it with him, my wife, my brother, my brother-in-law, everybody. Because they trust you to be the
3: stoic ass who scares the guy who negotiates for a living.
5: Dan, the thing is, I'm a bit of a dork when it comes to the car buying experience. So I know things that the dealer's gonna try to do to try and kind of give you the how's your uncle without really telling you, right? There's a couple things, residual, uh, the cap cost, the money factor, there's things, especially when you're negotiating a lease, that you can look in where the dealership's gonna try and hide money because they want it on the back end, ayo. Hey, but you, if you know what you're looking for, if you know what you're looking for, you can get it and you'd be like, hey, this right here is absolute bullshit, I'm not paying that, you need to come down.
3: Uh, Greg Cody wanted an explanation for, hey, how's your uncle? He was confused by that saying. Oh, you
0: know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoa. How's your uncle? Uh, My wife uh, prefers Stugats. Snug. My wife prefers the bargain portion of the buying experience than getting whatever it is that she's actually getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will not buy something unless it is reduced from what she thinks it is worth. But Bud Grant, the late Bud Grant, told us how to handle all forms of haggling at uh, when you're having some sort of sale in your house, whether it's a garage sale or anything else. Take a walk. That's how, Bud, <laughs> that's how Bud Grant would do it any time. We we, we present him hypothetical. Some it's for a dollar. Somebody tells you they're going to give you ninety nine cents. Bud, how do you react to Take that? Take a
7: walk. <laughs> you have to. You got to draw the line. I miss him. Draw yes. a hard line.
0: We all do. Um, car buying bargains. Is, Ooh, Sorry. <laughs> car buy. sorry about that, bud. Car buying is more about leverage than anything, right? If you get exactly. pay two dealerships against one another, you'll get exactly what you want at the price that you want.
5: There's nothing right. more powerful than saying, hey, dealership up the road's offering me this, and you guys are competing with them, right? Right. For my business, right? Yeah. And you're not going to match them? I'm mm. just going to go over there. And Thanks. they're like, whoa, wait a second. I think right. we can talk to the manager. The manager knows everything. Yes. Right? He's the person that's the brain of the operation they don't so, actually
4: talk to the manager a lot of, of the time of course they do of course they do Billy no they that's don't. why I they know just you... say hey I'm gonna go talk to the
5: manager and yeah, then hey. they go
4: they have a coffee like they drink water guy. from the water fountain water they come right back
5: make... and they lower it here's they, the thing they I'm have gonna have a make him do it. I'm gonna make him do it 30 times like he's gonna go up and talk to that manager 30 times while I'm there
4: I believe that when you go to a car dealership they love it they go, oh, this is one of those guys. No, we they get love to, when now you we go get to dance. one of those guys. No, they like to dance. Oh, this is one of those guys. We get to dance now. We're going to start out at some obs- exorbitant price, some ridiculous price. They do. He's going to bring it down to what we were going to offer him anyways, if not a little more than we were going to offer him. Yeah. And he's going to yeah. think he gets a W. Get it. Then we'll throw in some floor mats and everyone will yeah. be ah. on their way. No, <laughs> so you don't get it. But they <laughs> see you and they're like, no. you know what this guy needs today? He needs a car and he needs a win. And we're gonna give him that win. No. But we're gonna start so
5: high so that his win is our win. By the way, car prices are through the roof right oh. now. If you're gonna buy a car, they're very expensive. So two years ago during the pandemic, you could have gotten a car for a steal. The guy was telling me no. I could I was giving away cars during the That's pandemic. True. Okay, there so, you, was a, shortage, so you know
4: there's a shortage of cars. It was impossible to have cars two cars, years ago. Yes,
5: new cars. Not the point. The point is, <laughs> I'm gonna make that guy go to the to the manager 30 different times. We're gonna fight on the price, and at the end, he's gonna say, You got an employee discount, buddy. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Take a walk. I I couldn't be less like Tony in this regard. Like we're we're currently trying to buy a house and we were talking with the seller and our real estate agent about possible prices on a roof because the roof needs to be redone Uh, and they're only going to give us so much money and our real estate agent's negotiating and we wanted a certain number and so our real estate agent said that he was willing to give up a certain amount on his commission to be able to reach that number and I said to my wife like oh well you know, it's fine. We can do without that extra few grand because he's done a really good job and she's like, you're just going to give up a few thousand dollars and I was like, well, he's really nice. No, <laughs>
7: really? <laughs>
3: Stugats, uh, this is true, and I don't even remember the details. But Stugatz thinks he's Tony, but is actually you, Jeremy, because he goes into the negotiations feeling like I'm going to get them down, and then next thing you know, they're offering him less than they were before, and I've and got more. and I've got a non-compete clause because he's negotiating the deal. Like he, yeah, that's right. It's it's a strange it's a strange thing. My father's the same way. My father has come home trying to negotiate a lower price for a mattress and ended up paying more than what the original price was. I don't understand how it is that they get discombobulated by the salespeople. But I want to get, you look like a golden girl, by the way, Stugatz. A golden girl with stubble is
0: what what you look like. uh, Thank you. I can't look at myself dancing. So.
3: It's it's fun. The wig, the wig is amazing. The wig, the wig really, the wig, and you showing that much skin on the arms really brings, much brings the yeah. whole thing together. Before
4: the show, for some reason, Dan he was wearing his hat on top of the wig, and we were confused as to why he was doing that. And we were saying in this room that he looks like the middle-aged like adult in Spanish television that plays the role of a child, like an adolescent, (laughs) like the shows where it's all middle-aged adults playing 10 year olds is what he looked like when he had that hat on. And we don't know why he had that hat on.
0: I always have the
3: hat on. I mean, he was trying to conceal how ridiculous he looks. He yes, was trying to make it a little more normal. <laughs> uh, I was starting to say that I believe the Celtics' heat rivalry is now over, and Udonis Haslam says it is not on the OG's podcast with Mike Miller. Here's what he's had to say uh, last week about if he sees Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce in public.
8: My era, we used to hate the money that we used to have to go against in the rivalries and all that sh- to this day. You know what I'm saying?
3: Y'all yeah, know how I feel when we gotta play the Celtics. I can't stand them up. First of all. And I have nothing against and I have hold listen. On, man. And the crazy thing about it... Can, is can I tell I, a story I like about it in the huddle man. I like Tatum, <laughs> I like Brown. I would love for you to tell Can I him. tell I a story about in the huddle man? Story. What? I, I like Tatum, you, I like Brown. Nah. Not old that. Mother, AG and Paul, I don't oh, f oh, y'all. Y'all know that. go. It's cool. There it go. I don't y'all. Y'all know that. I'm cool on oh, that. The young generation, y'all can create y'all own beef and y'all can create y'all own whatever. The more Already know. I but, see y'all in the grocery store at home. It's, yeah, uh, that's crazy. In a, I don't care what aisle it is. It could be a 7-Eleven around the mother- cheese dip. It's like whatever. All that. It flipped over. Do you believe? Uh, put it on the poll, Juju. Would Udonis Haslam fight Paul
5: Pierce near the
3: cheese dip in Seven Eleven? Yes or no?
5: Paul Pierce for sure. KG, yeah. I don't know so much, but Paul's been talking shit for a long time. You're saying he would not fight KG? I think there's a little bit more love between KG and OG than there is with OG and Paul Pierce. Mm. A little bit of respect, at least, you would think. Could you imagine turning on like ESPN or
4: TMZ and it's just like Udonis Haslam and Kevin Garnett start fighting in the middle of a grocery store? The cause was they just didn't like each other from their playing days. Like, the idea is insane. They're both like very successful, they're business owners. Like,
1: you can't just go and start fighting in the middle of a grocery store. The seven-game losing streak makes you realize they really miss Udonis Haslam, huh? Invaluable in that locker room.
3: <laughs> Mike Ryan, uh, how do you feel presently about the state of your Miami Heat?
6: I had it wrong. They're not good. They are a play-in team. I said definitively, they're not a play-in team. They're, they're a play-in team. Well, they may, hopefully. Not, they may not be yet. Yeah, They hope, keep going this way. Hopefully. It's just they're, they're reaping Let's what,
5: what they sow. The
6: character needs work. Dan Levatard.
3: Teammates can't shoot from
1: three. Now they're gonna see a different Jimmy. Now he's just just playing. Nickel back in the locker room and
6: Stu
3: They'll play D and shoot threes as they chase the nets for the six seed. These five words in his head. Scream my way winning
8: games yet?
0: This is the Dan Levitar show with the Stu
3: Stugach, you know that Mike Ryan has ripped Carmelo Anthony a great deal recently. Got to a huge argument with Amin Al-Hassan about the relevance of Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo is mad because he is saying that the Nuggets gave Jokic his number in a petty move to erase Melo. And now Charles Barkley is saying of Jalen Brunson, he's making the Knicks more relevant than any Time the Knicks have been since Patrick Ewing. So Charles Barkley <laughs> is also erasing uh, Carmelo Anthony. And I want to just show you a picture of Charles Barkley here in Studios Dugatz with Luca mm-hmm. because I don't think that the younger generation understands when they see Charles Barkley and hear a loud mouth that that led the league in rebounding. Uh, <laughs> shorter than Luca. Uh, I've stood next to Charles. He's barely bigger than me now. His his ass is around where my shoulders are. But Charles Barkley, uh, look up some of the stats for me, Jeremy, the rebounding stats on Charles Barkley, because uh, Pablo Torre joins us now. Pablo Torre finds out is his podcast. It's streaking up the charts. It's very popular. He's doing smarter stuff than most people. But what do you think there, Pablo, when you uh, look at the photo of Charles Barkley standing next to Luka and looking so small next to Luka?
9: Yeah, I think that Charles Barkley needs to get someone to make one of those, like, uh, highlight reels set to, like, modern rap music so kids can appreciate what he was. Because I'm just on the border, Dan. I was born in 85. But I remember, like, there are videos of Charles Barkley doing things that are genuinely jaw-dropping if you only know him as the guy who struggles to pick up his leg to fake karate kick Shaq. (laughs) And this is just an example of how it is that he was overcoming people who were larger at his time, let alone in comparison to Luca, who's also shockingly tall as a side note. He averaged 12 rebounds a game for his
0: career.
3: I mean, he led the league one year with 14 and a half rebounds per game. And again, he was barely—I mean, barely six five. If he was six five, I don't. I'm not sure. I want to read to you guys a quote, and I want you to tell me who it is that it came from. Quote: "It's always a fast break when I have the ball." This is a quote from uh, last night, actually. "It's always a fast break when I have the
6: ball." Hmm. Josh Richardson.
3: (laughs) Funnier than that. I've got something funnier than that.
6: For I, the other I, team
3: I might
1: know that's pretty funny can was it ben can simmons I, it was ben simmons oh really <laughs> he's oh, back wow. in his it. first game You're back next. <laughs> <I
3: mean.
0: laughs> in his
3: first game back he had 10 11 and 8 and he announced his arrival for the nets with it's always a fast break when i have the ball
0: <laughs> it, it, it is but i'm not shooting <laughs>
3: pablo yeah. i know people have gotten tired of it but i think it's one of the most fascinating stories in the sport the mental short-circuiting of this player
9: Yeah, look, I I have been for a long time his uh, foremost, I guess, um, surrogate on like sports talk, radio, and television. Cause I've always believed that Ben Simmons is mostly um, a flying car without a stereo. Like he can do everything except for the thing where, like, I would like to listen to music now and he just won't shoot or dunk or even just take shots that jeopardize his confidence. So the question for me, and I loved, To see him back last night almost getting a triple double immediately the question for me has always been just like how aware is he of his shortcomings and i think the infuriating part of ben simmons for so many people is that he refuses to admit that he has shortcomings and that dynamic is so funny to me even if it maybe is the only way you can cope with the fact that those shortcomings are obvious to literally everybody else he came out guns blazing
0: last night, 5 of 5 from the field. I mean, that's a lot of shot attempts for Ben Simmons, seriously.
3: That's a funny quote from him. I mean, you would think he would arrive quietly and uh and no, that's not the way he's arriving. Wait,
9: wait do people want him to just meekly This is this is the thing I'm saying though. Do people want him to meekly say like I want to just declare for everybody here that I suck and I have not played in a very long time. So please um, just be gentle on me as I try to humbly reinsert myself into the world of basketball. Or do you want him to be this character who actually was once upon a time, literally not so long ago, an all NBA caliber player?
1: It'd be great to see Ben Simmons back with a level of confidence. He said, as soon as I checked in, I told them, you know what time it is. That's another quote from Ben Simmons last
9: night. I love this. I love this man. I am I am now being re-radicalized into why I rooted for him. Because he's trolling everybody, but also I think he just needs to say it to feel better about himself. Because he does he was the number 1 overall pick. Like there's no other he was hailed as the next LeBron and of course he is not that. But man, that guy just needs to believe that he is still exactly the story that he tells himself to make himself feel better about himself.
3: Stugatz, Ariel Hawani I believe, to be one of the finest sports journalists working uh, anywhere. He is honorable. He is fair. He is uh, perspective rich. And he went on, uh, Pablo Tori finds out, and gave up the stories of all of the different ways that Dana White tried to bully journalism, did successfully bully journalism out of the ESPN building. But before we get to that, Pablo, I just want to point out uh, what the lane that Dana White is taking now versus the lane he took 10 years ago because he's seen the lane that profits off of being a professional asshole. Look at this. This is just... a. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, this is Dana White uh, basically defending his middleweight champion for hate speech.
6: Dana, I just want to go back. Um, you were talking about, like, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say when they are up there with a the UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like,
8: is there. I don't give anybody a leash.
6: Well, I'm saying
8: you. A leash? I'm st- like. Free speech. Control what people say. Going kind to of tell people what to believe. Going kind to of tell people. I don't tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. You should, that's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want if and i don't think there's any it, we had we had we had two gay women who fought in the co-main event they sat on the stage with sean strickland they could give a what sean strickland thinks or what he says or what his beliefs are or what his opinions are you know what i mean
3: So that was recently, but here's Dana White 10 years ago, and the tone is different when he is, uh, I believe it was Matt, was he talking about Matt Mitrioni, some things that were said that he was not at all down with? This is 10 years ago.
8: You know, I know that there was a lot of talk, free Mitrione and all this stuff with the fans, and it's freedom of speech and all this stuff. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Work at any company anywhere in America and go out and say ignorant, stupid stuff publicly even on top of that say it publicly on a, in a big you know place where people can go read it read it or hear it publicly and see what happens to you you know and uh you know it's like oh we agree with what mitrion said well you can agree with what mitrion said if, if that was something that he really felt strongly about and, and he said i want to speak up i want to be heard about this because i don't believe and i don't disagree with everything that he said it's not that he didn't have a point it's how, how he said it you know, the things that, the extra things that he said, and if he was standing in front of a panel, okay, and and he was going up to speak on this uh, on this subject, he wouldn't have said the things that he said, and he would have said it differently. There's there's a way to voice your opinion without sounding like a bigot, you know what I mean? And he came off sounding like a complete jackass and a bigot, and uh, it just, it, that kind of stuff isn't gonna be tolerated. The other thing was, you know, I, I, I used the F word, and we're not talking about here and uh, I grew up in the 80s used to use that word all the time so when that happened I'm the furthest thing I know I might look like one the big bald dude from the UFC probably is a homophobe I'm the furthest thing from it Pablo
9: yeah I mean first off that sort of uh, musical bed underneath is what I want Barkley to get from the kids today like there's a beat about to drop I want that sort of thematic um, effort in proving that Barkley is actually an all-time great athlete. But about Dana White, um, it's very funny to me, right? Like, there's a unifying theory of Dana White that Ariel walked me through because Ariel was the guy interviewing Matt Mitrione, he was the guy interviewing Dana White, asking about punishments, and that's the sort of thing that Dana White was doing when he wanted to sell UFC to the mainstream before 2016. And why did that matter? It's because they didn't have a deal with Disney and ESPN yet. Dana White knew exactly what the households across America were wanting from the UFC, which is to say, clean it up. We don't say that stuff here. That stuff is bigoted. It's awful. Like respectable society won't allow that. And then 2016 happens, fill in the giant blank as to what happened in 2016. But you know what happened. Dana White spoke at the Republican National Convention. And then suddenly he's realizing, wait a minute, there's a massive pivot I can make here for the same reason I was punishing this speech before, which is money, which is profit. And so it's remarkable. Look, it's remarkable that Dana White, because of that leash back and forth, by the way, which was incredible. And Ariel does a great job on my show breaking down why it was a masterclass in basically vivisecting a journalist. Um, Dana White off of that has become, I would say, the foremost champion of free speech, certainly in American sports, and it's on the path to being the foremost champion of free speech in American life, right? Dana White is saying free speech comma brother. That's the only policy I have. Now, was it the case 10 years ago, five years ago? Not in that same way. But now, Dan, all I'm pointing out is that I don't think it's plausible to be the foremost free speech absolutist in America when the thing you're really protecting is money. And ask Ariel Helwani about how his freedom of speech was treated by Dana White as the counterpoint to what it is that Dana White really cares about when it comes to protecting his business.
3: We have less than a minute left, but for those who have not seen or heard the podcast, tell us the best of what Ariel told you, because I've heard some of the stories, and I don't think he's told them all publicly. It was really bad. I experienced some of them with him at ESPN. It was really bad. He has not said everything that happened there. No.
9: No, no, no. Look, the point here is very simple. It's not about canceling Dana White. It's not about moralizing. It's simply about... Free speech, in theory, is about not just protecting the speech that makes you money. It's about protecting the speech that makes you uncomfortable. And so Ariel Helwani not only breaks stories about, ah, Brock Lesnar is going to come back and fight. He breaks stories about fighter pay, about treatment of the employees who are not employees or independent contractors at the UFC. And so when Ariel Helwani left ESPN, he got a text from an unknown number that he says was Dana White. And it was mocking. It was, I told you I was going to get rid of you. It's about how he got banned from covering UFC uh, for 48 hours, famously. um, And Dana White told him, Lorenzo Fertitta, you know, he put a bullet in your head. It's about Ariel saying he fully believes that, and he said this on the show, that if he walked out of our studio and got hit by a bus, that Dana White would cheer. And so it's about this thing that we see now, right? Forget stick to sports, that's over. Now, it's say whatever you want, as long as I could plausibly claim that I'm in favor of freedom, when really I'm in favor of making money. It's a story about America and our politics now, and Dana White happens to be the center of a Venn diagram that is both very funny when you see what he used to be, but also like actually um, ridiculous to suggest genuine when it comes to his policy and his standards.
3: Pablo Torre finds out all of the interesting things he is following his curiosities to the end of the earth. then what? Uh, Pablo Torre finds out is the name of the podcast. My
6: favorite part of that segment was Greg's lone contribution of hitting the microphone with (laughs) with his thermos. Yes,
7: mine
5: too. How'd that turn out? Thanks, Greg. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.